says he could come back at any time. Boy, that'd be something. That'd be something if before the service ended, we're gone. Amen. I know. I used to, years ago, think, no, that wouldn't be too good. There's a lot of things I want to do yet. You get a little older and now I go, no, that'd be pretty good. That'd be all right. Wouldn't you like to cheat death? Not even have to go through that mess? That'd be all right with me. That'd be all right with me indeed. Uh, Take your Bible, turn if you would to John chapter 3, just a short thought today, a simple thought, and I say short, probably will be too, unless the Lord puts me on a tangent somewhere. I didn't say a planet, a tangent. Some of you think I'm already on another planet. (laughs) You're probably pretty close to being right. John chapter 3, verse 19, actually I'm a citizen of heaven, so really uh, I'm already seated in heavenly places with Christ, Amen. So there you go. So you're pretty much right if you thought I was on another planet. All right, John chapter 3, verse 19. We're going to begin reading there, and we're going to read through verse 21. Chapter 3, verse 19 through 21, the book of John. <clears throat> and this is the condemnation. That doesn't start off very good, does it? And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. It was a number of years ago, but 
I was visiting a home that I was invited to come over to. And when I arrived there, I was invited inside. And I was taken to the living room and uh, treated, obviously, with tremendous respect and was invited to have a seat on uh, the nicest piece of furniture in the house. And there I sat and the family sat around, a husband, wife, and the children. Then we began to speak, we talked, and a few things we discussed along the way. And I had a good conversation and an opportunity to get to know the family a little better and to address some issues that they had questions about. At one point during the conversation, however, um, something required a little bit more privacy. And so the husband asked if I would step into the kitchen with him, where we could, you know, talk alone and where we could get a little bit of that privacy that was needed. Well, we turned the corner, and as we went into the kitchen, he flipped on the lights. And when he did that, I don't know if you've ever seen a moving floor before, but when he flipped on the lights, it looked like the floor was moving. Scores of cockroaches scurried into every corner, crack, and crevice of that room. Just like that. I mean, those lights went on, and I mean, it looked like that floor was moving. Now, they must have been having a party in that kitchen before those lights went on. That's all I can think, because there were a bunch of them. But the very moment those lights snapped on, they went running for the hills. I guess men aren't the only ones that love darkness. Because I know cockroaches do. (laughs) But I mean, as soon as those lights came on, they disappeared. They were gone. And in our passage today, in John chapter 3, the Bible, you know, begins to share with us the fact that men, talking about mankind, loves darkness rather than light. The picture almost is that of as soon as the lights are flipped on, there go men. There go mankind scattering. Well, nothing to do with the light. What they want is darkness. And that's exactly what he's telling us here in the passage. There are a couple spiritual sources of light. And I want to share just three of them today, just very briefly. Three sources of light. Now, there are a number of others, I'm sure. We could probably go into some other things. I know that. But I'm going to share three with you today. Very basic, very simple. Nothing complicated. And so... I want to have a word of prayer, and then I want to consider light. Because the the real issue today, according to the Word of God, is this. Will you run from it or to it? That's the real issue, isn't it? Will you run to the light or will you run from it? Now, we know what the natural man will do, according to the Word of God. The natural man that has yet to trust and receive Christ, the natural man who... It doesn't have the Lord dwelling in him. The natural woman that doesn't have the Lord dwelling in her will scatter. Will run from the light. Will resist that light in that sense. But we're not talking necessarily to all natural men. Today, we're talking to you as well. And I trust you've received and accepted Christ. And if you haven't, you need to. But just because you've accepted Christ, sometimes if we're not careful, we revert back to that old nature. 
And we allow ourselves to be captured once again, so to speak. Oh, we're always the property of Christ. Oh, we're, salvation is settled in Christ. I understand that. But how, how prevalent we are to darkness. Will you run from it or to the light? Father, we come to you. We thank you, Lord, for just this opportunity that we have to consider this simple thought today. And Lord, help us as we consider your word and as we look at these couple sources of light today. Lord, it's important that we understand that they are indeed light and that we must run to them, not from them. Father, help us today. Now, Lord, be glorified in what's said and done. May it just be simple and may it be, Father, yet powerful because you are empowering it. I personally have nothing to offer these, thy people. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would come along and drive home truth today from your precious book. And Father, may you be glorified in everything that's said and done. And if there be a soul that is yet without the confidence of eternal life and salvation, may they settle that today. May they know that heaven's their home and that Christ is their Lord and Savior before they leave this place. Well, thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Spiritual sources of light then. Number one, the Bible. It's a spiritual source of light. Take your Bible again. Look over at chapter 119, Psalm chapter 119, verse 105. The Word of God. A source of light, spiritual light. That's what it says in Psalms chapter 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So the word is a light and it's a lamp. Pretty simple, isn't it? And we can go through the word of God and we could see very carefully, very clearly that that the word of God is likened unto light. and, And we have a verse that is extremely plain, very clear, but we could find others along the way. But I don't think we need to spend the time to go through millions of verses or not millions, but you know, probably hundreds of verses that would express that idea or that thought. But the reality is, is that what we hold in our hand, what we call the Word of God, this King James Bible, is nothing less than a light. It's light. Look, if you would, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. When we consider this light, like any light, it exposes things. It It exposes our hearts. It pinpoints our flaws or our nature. It identifies the failures of our being. It exposes our true motives and reveals our true heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Bible says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints of marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That word of God, this light right here, it, it, it pinpoints our heart. It reveals our, our very motives themselves. It shows us at the most uh, basic, fundamental foundation of our being. The word of God does that. I mean, how... Quick are you to come or go to the Word of God. 
I mean, often we look at the Word of God and we think that's just a book or it's, 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 it's God's Word. And we, we intellectually understand the reality, oh, this is God's Word. And if I put it on a test and said, what is the Bible? You'd say, it's God's Word. If I put it on a test and said, you know, uh, whose Word is it? God's Word. And, and you, would, you would know that intellectually. But when it comes to our heart sometimes, we don't really consider the fact, this is God's Word. Amen. I mean, and this Word is light. And the Bible tells us over there in the book of John, it says... Very, very clearly, it says, this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light. Wait a second. What he's saying then is simply this. Men love darkness rather than the word of God. Men would rather be living a lie and in deceit than having the truth at their disposal. We know that the sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Therefore, the truth that we need and that we seek in life is found in the word of God. It is the light that ultimately exposes the soul and the being of a person. It digs down deep into the recesses of our heart and mind. And yet the fact is, is that most people don't really want the truth. Therefore, they scurry and they scatter when the light is shared. Man, the Word of God, how often do I spend time in my Bible? How much do I meditate and memorize it? Wait a second, maybe we struggle with that because it goes contrary to our nature because our nature is not to like light. Instead, it's to hate light. Therefore, it's very common, even as believers, if we're not careful, to find ourselves running from the Word of God instead of to it. The Bible, the Word of God, is a source of light. But not only the Bible, but the church. The church, it's a source of light. Look, if you will, in 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to look... In verse 14, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 and 15. These things write I unto thee, hoping to come unto thee shortly. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of of the truth. Huh. We got that word truth there. We know the word of God is truth. It's light. So therefore I believe the church being the ground and pillar of truth is ultimately a source of light then. Because see what the church is really to do is to ultimately share and give out the word of God. So in reality, when you come to the house of God, when you show up in church, you are being exposed to light. In John, third John chapter 1, verse 4, the, the, the writer says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Well, we got to know the truth, and we know that the word of God is the truth, and we know that the house of God promotes the truth. So we have these two sources of light, the Word of God, and now we have the house of God. 
Sadly enough, when you flip on the lights, there are many creatures in creation that scatter from light. And unfortunately, the Bible teaches us that mankind is no different, that when the light of the Word of God, when the light of truth is shed upon us and is made known to us, that many times men love darkness rather than light. In their nature, they flee. They, they, they as we used to say, bug out in the military. Do you love the light? I'm not talking about this light. I'm talking about spiritual light. I'm going to say this, and I don't say this in any way to make a dig. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Is it possible that we're not really as affectionate about the light as we would like to believe ourselves? Maybe the reason we don't submit ourselves or place ourselves in the house of God more often is because really we're not as fond of the light as we'd like to believe. I'm I'm just spiffballing now, just throwing it out there. I mean, if indeed the Word of God is a source of light, and if men love light rather than darkness, wouldn't more people be in God's house? If, if the nature of a man was to love light, then he would love the Word of God and be in the Word of God. If a man's nature was to love light, then he would obviously love to be in God's house because that's where you find the light. But see, our nature is to hate the, dark, the light. Men love darkness rather than light. If we have a choice to make in our flesh... In our being, we would say, I'd rather be there in the darkness than here in the light. It seems that way to me from what I read. And I know God's word is true, so therefore, when he says that men love darkness rather than light, he's he's not lying about that. He knows. He created us. He knows our real state. And I'm saved, uh, and I trust you're saved, and you have Christ living in you, and He's the light of the world. And I understand that, but, boy, sometimes in our flesh, if we get too steeped in it, we find ourselves kind of backing away or scurrying from the light. And we don't want to get into the Word of God as much, and we find ourselves naturally moving away from it and not spending the time we ought to in it, and we find ourselves maybe, you know, backing away from the house of God and not being invested and involved as like we used to be. And it's a source of light, this house, the house of God. You say, well, for you, it's easy. You're the preacher. You get paid to do this. Before I was ever a preacher, I came to church. I went to church. Before I was ever a preacher, I was involved in youth work and and leading choirs and and groups and taking care of music programs and running buses and doing all of it simultaneously at the same time. I I understand what it is to invest my time and invest my life into the ministry. I understand what that is, and I had a love to be in God's house. I remember being a young man and just, I, I don't know why, but I loved the house of God. I didn't care what was going on. It didn't matter to me. If the doors were open, I just wanted to hang out. I loved the house of God. 
Listen, it frustrates the life out of me when someone says they want to be a preacher of the gospel, but they can't find their way to prayer meeting. It bothers me when they can't find their way to the house of God. But they love the Lord and they want to be in the ministry, but they don't want to be in church. I got a problem with it. Got a real problem with it. I got a problem with someone who says, I'm a diehard Christian and I love Jesus Christ and I love the house of God, but they don't want to be in God's house. They don't want to be involved and they don't want to be doing anything. I don't understand that. Except to say maybe men love darkness rather than light. Maybe our love is not where it belongs. Maybe it's directed elsewhere other than the truth and other than where God says it ought to be. Listen, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm your pastor. I'm like dad in a household. And when, when I look over the crowd, I see, a bunch of, I see a bunch of spiritual children that need dad. And you say, that's offensive to me. Well, then talk it over with God because that's what he calls me. And what I'm saying is, is if I have my children and they're in my home and they are not responding the way I want them to, then I want to share with them things that I hope will help them and encourage them in their life and make them better in this world in which they live. I say nothing to hurt or harm you, but I do say this. Why is it that we are not more prone to be in our Bibles? Why is it we're not more prone to be plugged in and involved in the house of God? Could it be because they are sources of light that we don't love the light as much as we think or as much as we'd like to believe? Is that possible based on what we read in John 3? Could it be that we're falling back on our human nature and not the divine nature that we received when we accepted Christ? Could it be that we're operating in what we call or the Bible calls the flesh and are carnal instead of spiritual, according to 1 Corinthians 3? Is that possible? And I think we need to consider those things as children of the Lord. The third one is the presence of God. That one's an easy one. I think everybody would have had that one for sure. Source of light, God. You know how the kids, little kids, you ever been in a Sunday school class and you, you, know, you just gave a lesson on David and Goliath and you say, um, all right, can anybody tell me um, uh, who picked up five stones, God? <laughs> who who, who, you know, who uh, used a sling to, to, to kill Goliath? God. You, you ever been in a class, you know, and kids do that? They do that all the time. Now, none of the kids in our Sunday school do that. They're extremely intelligent. Your children are just like, I mean, they got it. But, you know, that's how it is, right? I mean, we got that standard, God. And you know what? This is, this, you're, if you would have said God for this question, you know, uh, what are sources of light? God. You'd have been right on the money. You're right on the money. Because he is the presence of God or Jesus Christ. He's light. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. Look at that. It's a great passage. We live in a generation where we want positive affirmation 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We live in a world where we, we, we get the impression that, you, you know, if you're not encouraging, then you're just simply discouraging. Where to... Exhort is what is acceptable, but to rebuke is unacceptable. And again, that's our culture we live in. 
And we're seeing the evidence of that. See, in God's economy, God says there's balance in, in things. We need to be encouraged and uplifted, but we also need to be, from time to time, given some truth. We need to understand where we really stand. And maybe we even need a little, uh, you know, correcting along the way. Now, again, messages have to be balanced. You know, there are some messages that are a little more negative than positive. There are other messages that are more positive than negative. But as a whole, we need to ensure that in our ministries, whether it's Sunday school classroom or whether it's the, the pulpit or whether it's at a mission that we're speaking at or a nursing home, that we keep it positive but also instructive. So there's balance there. And nobody has children in their home and they never say a negative thing. They never go, son, no, that's wrong. That's bad. If you never point out the faults of your children, the failures of your children, your children are going to grow up really a mess. They need to know that they're messing up. They need I'm not sure what happened there. All right. Oh, I don't need those yet. <laughs> I, I figured it was time to go since the mic wasn't working. <laughs> they're telling me, get done, preacher. We're finished. I'll be ready in a, oh, yellow today, gentlemen. Thank you. Very good. And um, so I just thought maybe it was time to quit. So, but anyway, let's move on. So there's balance, right? There has to be balance. And so today we're kind of one of those balanced ones. We're saying, listen, we want to be the best we can be for Jesus Christ. The best we can be. Well, how do we do that? Somebody, I want you to turn this up so I don't have to put my face in it. All right? Thank you very much. So what, what we find is that there's balance here because we want to be the best we can be. But on the other hand, it's going to hurt a little bit from time to time. My dad was uh, old school. Still is. And he's extremely old. I mean, old compared to me. That's what I, I meant to say. I left that part out. <laughs> I left that part out. Okay, so anyway, he's old school, though. And let me tell you what. If my dad thought I was going the wrong direction, he let me know. Boy, there were times, you know, when I was a teenager, I did not like that. Boy, I was upset about it. I mean, I got so upset one time. I got so mad. I ran away from home. That worked out good. I came back, obviously. It, you figure, it, that's the night it rained outside. And we were stuck in a field getting poured on. And I thought, this is not good at all. <laughs> but let me tell you this. I got older, and you know what I realized? Man, he didn't do that because he hated me. He didn't do that because he was trying to hurt me. He did that because he wanted to help me. And you know what? That's exactly what the Word of God does sometimes. And that's what light does to us. Sometimes when we come to the light, whether it's the Word of God, whether it's the house of God, or whether it's the very presence of Christ, it feels a little painful because it begins to reveal some things about ourselves that, well, maybe we'd rather not even know. 
I mean, I want to believe myself to be a great Christian, don't you? I would like to think that I've got some things figured out. And I would like to believe that, that what I do is acceptable to God and it's pleasing to the Master. But I'll be frank with you. When I start getting into this book and I start listening to preaching like I did even Friday night uh, when the pastor preached and I begin to uh, get close to the Lord Jesus Christ, I realize there are some areas that I need to tighten up. The Bible is a source of light that reveals things about ourselves. The, the church is a, 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 you know, a body that God uses as a source of light to reinforce the Bible and to ultimately bring to light truth in our life. And the presence of Jesus Christ, as we draw nigh to Him, is going to begin to reveal some things to us. Maybe that's why men love darkness rather than light, because it really forces men and women to look at themselves in a different light, His light. We see ourselves from another perspective. We really recognize finally and see ourselves the way He sees us. And God loves us. There's no doubt about that. And, and my children, I love all four of my kids. And there were times, however, they did not obey me. I know that you're having a hard time believing that. It didn't make me love them any less. But I wasn't always pleased with them and needed to correct them. And that's what God wants to do in your life and in mine through these sources of light. He wants to correct some of the thinking that has gotten a little bit off course, that has gravitated toward the dark side instead of the light side. He wants us to see things His way and understand things from His perspective and recognize His priorities. Turn, if you would, to 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. really almost done. Can you believe that? You say, no, I'll believe it when it's over. <laughs> smart people right there, smart people. First John 1, 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. Wow, that's a, that's a wonderful passage. Boy, does that, that's, a, that's a convicting passage, isn't it? I mean, think about that for a minute. I don't know when you read that, but when I read that, and I think this is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say... That's me and you. If we say we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Boy, that's convicting for me. I mean, because I know what the truth is. It's the Word of God. And, and, and when I head to a place called the church, I, I, that's reinforced in my life. And it's just made pinpointed maybe even a little bit more directly at times. And then I want to believe with all my heart that I'm right with Him. And all of a sudden, I realize, wow, maybe I'm fooling myself. Maybe I'm not as right with God as I think. Maybe I'm not on, in tune with Him as often or as much as I should be. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, 
we have fellowship one with another. Oh, whoa, 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 wait, wait, whoa, whoa. Did you just see what happened there? Now watch the, how the light does its work. When we walk in the light as he is in the light, who's in the light we know? Jesus Christ is, right? When we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with him. That's not what it says, does it? Oh, wow, now it's going to get good. We have fellowship one with another. We're having fellowship right now, aren't we? Not only that, but we get along with one another. Or should, if we're really walking in the light. Do you you see how the, the light pinpoints areas of our life. For instance, say you're struggling with a member of this church or maybe you're having a little bit of a problem with somebody here and you're not getting along with them. Guess what the Bible just revealed? You want to know why it's hard to pick up the Bible sometimes? You want to know why going to church is tough? You want to know why being exposed to light's difficult? Because it reveals to us that we're not everything we thought we were. Maybe I don't get along with somebody in the house of God or a brother or sister in Christ because I'm really not walking in the light with him like I thought I was. Because if I was, then we would have fellowship one with another. That's how he works. That's why men love darkness rather than light. Because ultimately, God's plan, his purpose, is fulfilled. And it's made very aware and very clear to us. And therefore, it makes us look at ourselves and examine ourselves. Get with God in the morning. Meet with the Lord Jesus Christ in your personal time. Take the scriptures and read them and allow the light of God to begin to to penetrate your heart. And then get on your knees and get into the light in a walk in a personal relationship with Him. Lord, I need you. Lord, I'm begging you to work in my life. Reveal to me areas of my life that are in need. Boy, I guarantee you, He goes, okay, let me point a few out. You ever been there? Well, you'll know something. It's not easy to get alone with God and get in that situation if you know in your heart there are areas that you don't want Him to go. He'll, he'll point them out. So you know what we do? We run from the light. We don't want Him pointed out and we don't want to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and we don't want to feel like we're not right with Him the way we ought to be right with Him. We want to continue to Believe that things are perfectly fine. Whether they are or aren't, we're content with that. I want to encourage you to say, you know what? I don't care what God shows me. I want to see myself the way he sees me. And I don't want to be one of those people that runs from the light. I want to be one of those people that runs to the light. I'm going to go ahead and make sure I get in my Bible and study it and and memorize it and meditate on it. I'm going to make sure I'm in God's house every time the doors are open because I want God to have free reign in my life. I want God to speak to me and I want God to reveal to me who and what I really am. And I'm not, I want to be drawn to the light, not running from the light. And I'm, I'm going to give myself to that. I'm going to be in my personal walk and devotion time with God every morning or every afternoon, or every evening before I go into work, whatever it is, I don't know what your schedule is, but make sure he's on your schedule and keep him in your schedule. And allow the light to do its job. Look what he says in Hebrews 4.13 as we close this out here. 
neither is there any creature. And this kind of goes along with 4.12. Uh, let's read that with it. Hebrews 4, uh, verse 12. We'll read that first, and then we'll go right to 13. And Notice again, it's dealing with the Word of God first. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight. But all things are naked and opened under the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. Boy, I'll tell you what. The passage tells us that there's not one thing hidden from our Lord. Not one feeling, not one attitude, not one perception or understanding. Everything about us is revealed. It's as though we're naked spiritually, we're naked physically. He sees us exactly for who and what we are. You get into the presence of God, you know you're going before Him naked. You got no shield to protect you. You can't put it in front of you and say, He won't see this dark spot in my heart. He won't know what I thought about that person or what I think about the situation. He won't know how I feel and what I say. No, I can hide that side of myself. No, you know the moment you get in His presence, He sees you for who and what you really are. That's scary, isn't it? The Bible, the church, and the presence of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. They're sources of light. And the Bible tells us this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. Will you run from or to the light today? Will you run to the Lord Jesus Christ daily? Will you run to the house of God faithfully? Will you run to the word of God consistently? Will you run to or from the light? When the lights went on in that kitchen that day, Those cockroaches bugged out, buddy. They were gone. They wanted nothing to do with the light. Nothing. The real battle in our life is to love Him above all else. And really to love Him is to love what? light I want to encourage you today make a decision to run to not from the light run to him run to his word run to his house draw nigh to light stay close to light and allow God to mold you and make you into the man or woman he wants you to be it's so important that we give God the reins of our life and allow him to work and move. And he can only do that if we'll allow him to expose our weaknesses and to expose our faults and failures and our shortcomings. Love light. And you'll find that life will yield tremendous blessing. God's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Are you saved today? 
when it says this is the condemnation, what it's saying is the reason why you're condemned already, according to chapter 3, verse 18, and then right on the heels is verse 19, this is the condemnation, is because you love your sin more than you love the Savior, more than you want Him in your life. That is the reality of this. Are you willing to turn to Jesus Christ and repent of your sin? Are you willing to turn to Him, to receive and accept Him? But as many as received Him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in His name. Will you believe on Him? Will you receive Him? Will you accept Him today if you haven't already? Will you draw to the light and not run from it? That's a decision only you can make today. Only you can make it. No one can make it for you. Father, we come to you. We thank you again, Father, for the simplicity of your word. And we thank you, Father, for just your grace and your love and mercy in our lives. Lord, we are a needy people today. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for just the attentiveness of your people, their willingness and desire to hear your word. And Lord, there's nothing uh, difficult or complicated about what we shared. Your word was very clear that in our human nature, in our flesh, we love darkness rather than light. In our, our, the old man, we are certainly more drawn to that than we are light. We don't want light. We want darkness. But Lord, as we come to Christ, as we receive and accept you, then you live in us. And now, Lord, Father, there's that love for you. And now that love ought to draw us to your word and to your house and into your presence. And that light, Father, will begin to reveal shortcomings and needs in our life that will ultimately enable us to be better for you. Father, be glorified now in this time of invitation. If there's one, even one, that does not know for sure heaven's their home, hasn't accepted and received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, may they, Father, simply say, I'm going to walk toward the light, not from it. I'm going to run to the light, not away from it. And that's running to you, Lord, who is the light. And, Lord, if we're a Christian today, may we, Father, permit ourselves, give you permission by being in your word, in your house, and in your presence every day that we possibly can, every opportunity we possibly can to reveal things that are needed and necessary so that we can become exactly what you intend us to be. Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Christ's name, amen. Let's all stand, every head bowed, every eye closed. The music's playing. Do you know for sure heaven's your home today? I mean, do you know for sure Christ is in your life? I mean, there's no guarantee of this. Somebody can read the Bible every day and still not have Christ living in them. We understand that. You could go to church every time the doors are open and not be born again by the Spirit. You could pray to a God every day a God and still not make it to heaven one day but if you have a love a desire to be in the word of God and to be in the house of God and to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ that's a good sign that something took place in your life but as I said that's not a guarantee only you know what you meant and did with the Lord given opportunity.
on the other side, if you find yourself moving away from the word, not being drawn to the house of God, but instead almost staying away on purpose at times, and not spending time with the Lord personally, intimately, on a consistent basis, could it be that you just need to reevaluate your Christian life? Could it be that you've allowed yourself to begin to retreat from the light zone and embrace some darkness in your life? God, help us to confess our sin, repent of it, so that we can be comfortable in the light. And when he does reveal things, we are quick to make change for his glory and honor. This is the condemnation that light is coming to the darkness and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. Will you run from or to the light? Well, amen. We're certainly glad the Lord's given us an opportunity to gather today, and we're going to go ahead and dismiss an order of prayer. Certainly thankful that you made your way to Community Baptist Temple. If there's anything that we can do for you or any way that we can be a blessing or help, you let us know. We'll do the very best we can. But again, we're honored to have you with us. We're going to be back on tonight at 6 o'clock. And don't forget tonight there will be a meeting for the uh, VBS, the Vacation Bible School. And uh, we'll be meeting all together at one place right in here. And then eventually, if you're working with teens, you'll be split off to have a, a brief meeting, or I'm going to take that back, have a meeting with uh, the teen leader. And uh, I would say brief, but I'll leave that out for him too. Uh, but Joshua, for the uh, uh, youngsters and children, okay? So tonight's going to be a big night. But then also, like I say, we're looking forward to the Lord speaking to us through his word again this evening. Well, let's have a word of prayer. We'll close, and then we'll dismiss tonight. And, uh, this morning, and we'll look forward to the night, 6 o'clock, okay? All right. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm looking around here, and uh, Brother Chase, why don't you come up and close us today, would you? I just, I like that tie, my friend. Wow, look at that. It looks a lot better on you than it would me, though. Sharp-looking young fella. Going to football camp? All right. Good. This guy's a hitter, buddy. Let me tell you that right now. He is a hitter. You pray for us, would you? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day we had so far. Uh, please help the rest of the day good and help um, help uh, this message help the, this message go into our hearts and make it 